Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Rugby podcast with your hosts, Damien Warren and Toby Harris. Now, Toby, 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 it is the first time in the history of doing podcasts on the internet that we have got it right first time. Straight away. Straight away. <laughs> I did play a little joke on you, didn't you? When, I, when you were like, can you hear me? And I was like, nah. <laughs> And you should have seen his face, everyone. It was just disgusted. <laughs> it was a bloody picture. Uh, it was a picture. But it's been, um, you know what? It's been, a, I think, a really interesting weekend of rugby or week of rugby. Now, you're looking at me like there hasn't been that much on. But shame on you, Toby Harris, because the Seven Series has started back up. It has. It's new, and isn't it, as well? It is new. It's a trimmed down version of the sevens. Yeah. But it's a full fat version of the sevens. Why is it trimmed down? So it's trimmed down. I think it's eight tournaments, whereas it was a few more before. And I think then at the end, it's like the top eight teams go through and play in like a, a, a super competition. But it's full fat because what they've done for the first time is they've combined the men's and the females together. Yeah, that, I think now, that's a great idea. Well, when I heard it, I thought, well, yeah, it'll be all right. But actually, it's absolutely brilliant because you know what it's like. You want to see the New Zealand team play, don't you? Yeah. You want to see the New Zealand team play, all right? Yes. And you get to watch two New Zealand teams play. You get to watch yeah. the men's yeah. and the women's. And let's be honest, the women are better than the men. Yes. The it's thing a better is, game to watch. Yeah. It's more exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean I mean it's let's be honest. Um it's a slightly slower paced game, but actually that suits Sevens, which is often a little bit too quick at times. Yes. 
I agree. So I'm. L- oh, well, I loved God, it. Because is it is it Dubai? It was Dubai, wasn't it? It was Dubai. Yes. Now I know that the Aussies women beat the Kiwis. Okay. Um, and I tell you what, the Aussies were brilliant. Like were they? they were brilliant. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. You know, considering their 15, 15 decide game is pretty weak, their late their sevens ladies were, were by, in my opinion, by far and away the best team there. So, um, you know, New Zealand had gone on then before that game and won forty one games in a row. So they're nice slouches. But um, wow, you know, the Aussies were class. Yeah, but you've got to take real it, you know, and just re- takes a good team to beat a team on forty odd games in a row. Very true. Very, very true, mate. Very true. Now, we got a little bit of a reaction from the Razzler, the Dazzler, when it came to our podcast last week. And I think it's now official that you are his favourite. Why why has that become only official recently? Well, you know, I always thought... Well, Razzler, Dazzler, you're not my (laughs) favourite. No, you're his favourite, man. You're yes, I know, favorite. but why only now? Well, no, it's official. He's always liked you more than me. Well, yeah, that's It's just obvious. official okay. now. Yeah. All right, okay. okay. So, uh, 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 all right, then, Razor Daz, did you hear that from Toby? <laughs> he basically we said- We can cut that out, week, can't we? We can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. <laughs> uh, you rescued the podcast last week because Damo, Damo brought the brought the level down and it was all doom and gloom. Yeah. And then you rescued the podcast with your amazing feats at the end of it. So well done to you. But he does go on and make some very, very good points. And I wanted us to discuss these points for a start. So firstly, he goes, regarding the point of view made about the kids being lazy, uh, it's actually worse than that. After MMA eSports are number two in the preferred options in Australia for sports. Esports, you don't even have to train to be an athlete uh, and you get, you're get you potentially going to get paid for it. Literally, a bunch of kids sitting at home with none of the benefits of playing club or team sport. No yeah, social no, sport. No, I get that, network. but I'm going to stop I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. Because okay. they do have to train, don't they? They no, train, but just train. not physically. Well, if we can call the fingers moving. Pardon? I mean... In their bedrooms. Uh, oh, uh, whoa, 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 demo, demo, demo. <laughs> um, all I've got to say is, uh, fair play to them. I, I think it's great. This, you know, esports. I, I think um, it's a massive industry, isn't it? But I do agree with the Razzler Dazzler. You know, it takes all the good parts of professional uh, or sport and throws them out the window. And you know, sitting at home. They will argue, of course, kids. They'll say, well, I am playing with my mates. I am having social, just online. But it's that physical element that's really important. As we as we said, you know, you learn more from going out to battle with, with your friends and your teammates. And, you know, if you don't go out together, you get hurt. And that's an important Correct. lesson to learn in life. Um, he goes on to say, you know, a lot of his friends – he, he um, you know, still in touch with from, from playing football, from playing rugby. Um, and yeah, that's his first point. But he's got more. Are you surprised he's got more? 
Are you surprised he's got more? What's the second point? No, the I'm not surprised point. at all. I'm just waiting for you to go, what's his next point? <laughs> I'm waiting. Uh, it's a long game. Losing, losing money and ownership. He makes a great point, which is why aren't billionaires buying up rugby? Okay, because we, we kind of said, um, you know, there can't be that many billionaires around. But by all accounts, there are a lot of billionaires around. And by all accounts, a lot of these billionaires went to private schools. They went through and they played their rugby. So why on earth aren't they buying up the teams? Because if they did do it, like Kerry Packer, which he mentioned, you know, a few years back, I think he mentioned, um, when was it? 25 years ago, Kerry Packer started his own rugby league competition to rival the ARL. And as a result, Super League was born. Okay, Melbourne got a team, Melbourne Storm, uh, and, you know, it, it transformed the game. And if someone did that, introduced a new form of the game, then it would only do good things for rugby. And basically, it's all about old boys network. It's the old boys that just keep on doing the same thing, thinking about the glory days, um, and we need a change. He then goes on to say that NRL attendances are double that of rugby. AFL attendances are double NRL. And A-League soccer is a um, is has parity with rugby and it's less than 20 years old. So, you know, I think we might be struggling to get people to play the sport, but I don't think we are struggling to get people to watch the sport, as in we shouldn't be struggling to get people to watch the sport. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And like you say, sports around rugby are still getting big numbers. But rugby is yeah. dropping. Rugby's dropping like a stone. And it looks like, yeah. you know, because, well, we know over here, don't we? They love to watch sport. They love to support sport. Mm. So why aren't they supporting yeah, that's rugby? that's their thing to do. There, there's, a, there's a bigger question, isn't there, that needs to be answered. What rugby is offering yeah. isn't, isn't what people want to see. He then goes but on the and makes is, another is maybe, great... Maybe, <clears throat> maybe that's why the sevens has sort of rejigged itself. I actually think, you know, the reason. Sevens, yeah, the Sevens is on to something. I genuinely believe it. It's a great game to watch. And I think combining the men's and women's is a brilliant idea. I agree. You know, if you know you're going to go, because before, you know, they played, what, three group games in a day, didn't they? Something I think you played like three group games on day one, and then you played your last group game on day two, and then it's quarter semis and finals, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, now... You're going to go along and watch six, six times your team's going to play. You know, if you go, if you want to watch New Zealand, uh, you're going to watch them six times in a day. That's doubling yeah. your your uh, passion for your team, which I just think yeah. is amazing. Um, and you know, they need to do more of this with the with the men's and women's when it comes to club sport, Super Rugby. When it comes to you know, because I tell you what. I'd go to I'd go and see the the ladies and the men's play if the game's oh, not too slow. Definitely. If they could speed the game up a little bit and make ball and play, you know, much faster, makes perfect sense. Uh, he goes on to say, and this is I think this is all across the world, we're getting this same problem, which is rugby in Australia is on stand sports, and stand sports basically does not have any of the other big sports. Where whereas right. KO has AFL. NRL, NFL, and NBA. Right. So 
the people that have got KO have access to all those sports, but they're not going to stumble over rugby. No. So, you know, and that's a problem, isn't it? You want people who are into league to go, oh, the rugby's on, I might watch a bit of that. Yeah. But they're not going to do that because they're not going to have stand because it's not something they're interested in. Well, no, then they've, they've and got to pay you for see another, this. you know, they've got to pay for exactly. another streaming or another another channel. Yeah. So, you know, this is where rugby needs to, you know, not take the biggest paycheck. Um, they need to take the smartest. The long game. TV rights. Yeah. The long game, yeah. So some great points from the wrestler. Can I just um, interrupt you there? I don't think we mentioned that the wrestler, the Dazzler, is engaged. (laughs) Now, there's a reason why I didn't do that, because on his email he said personal. Oh, did it? (laughs) But the cat's out of the bag now. (laughs) So congratulations, the wrestler, the Dazzler. Can we cut that? <laughs> nah, where it's in, mate. It's in. <laughs> You're his favourite. He'll forgive you. <laughs> no, hey. Oh, that, yeah, wow. I've really put my foot in it, eh? He'll be looking for a new no, podcast. <laughs> ne- never, mate. I no chance. I put my foot in no it. Sorry, Razzler the Dazzler. I didn't get uh, that mate, email because he doesn't send me the emails. Nah, mate. Of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. Because you're his favourite. That's true. Uh, mate, it's time for breaking news. Yeah, proudly supported by our Patreon members. We couldn't do so it thank without you. Thank you very much, everyone. Oh, we definitely couldn't do it without you. Couldn't do no. it without you. Um, mate, you've got your first story. What is it? Yeah, I've got my first story here. Okay. Now, your, uh, your PowerPoint didn't work for me, so okay. I don't know what you've got. So I'm almost kind of hoping... That I've stolen one of yours. Where's it gone? <laughs> oh, this is village. Where has it gone? I'll go with my second one first. How about that? Okay. So I, I was reading an article about um, ranking the five best performances from the All Blacks in 2023. Okay. Um, and. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. But by the end of it, I want you to tell me, or before the end of it, I want you to tell me which one you think. Okay. Um, As in before be, you even start or, or after? Yeah, I want you to tell you. me which you think will be the number one game of 2023 that the All Blacks played in. Okay, so... Um I mean, they really wiped the floor with Argentina. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. So that was an impressive victory. But I would say you'd have to go, wouldn't you, with the Ireland match to beat Ireland uh, in the quarters. That is pretty impressive. I'm, I'm going to say I think they played their best against Argentina. But I think the vote will be Ireland. You're correct. So the number one game was the Irish game, quarterfinal. The number two game was the Argentinian semifinal. Yeah. And I reckon the third one might have Uh, even been the final. No. No, you're wrong there. Uh, That was against the Wallabies in Melbourne. Oh, yes. We did do well in Melbourne, didn't we? We thrashed them. Yeah, we did. 
Um, them, yeah. Fourth was the um, game against South Africa. South Africa. Yeah, and before in, in the rugby uh, championship, where we beat them in uh, at Mount Smart. Yes, that was a good game, actually. To be fair, Mount Smart. That was the thirty-five twenty. Mm. And then the fifth was another win in Mendoza against Argentina. Um, so the Mendoza game was obviously really, really good. Um, you mentioned the final, which was, like you say, a really good game. And I think we sort of turned up, but we just didn't get the result. Yeah, because I, I think if we had a won that game, then people would have said, potentially, that was the best game of the year. Yeah. Now, the fact that we didn't win it shouldn't detract from the fact that we played pretty well in that in that final. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah. All right, mate. My next story, or my first story is, I got very excited. So the, the, the heading was Six Nation debuts for three referees. Davison oh, to yes. also make history, okay? And there's a picture... Yeah. Of I think it's Holly Davidson, or okay, yep. who is a woman now, and her, her dad's Harley. Her dad's guess what her dad's name is? Harley. Oh, you, oh no skin off your nose. <laughs> you pretty much said it though. <laughs> um, now I got really excited because I'm thinking, brilliant, we're going to have a female referee for the first time in a you know tier one. Uh, match, uh, yeah. but the honest truth is, she's assistant. No. Yeah, so just seen it. You know, it's just not good enough to, no. you know, news news writing, and they do that. You you think, oh, brilliant, we're going to finally have a female. You have to read into it to find out. You know, no, just an assistant. And I was watching some of the um, premiership matches. They've got female um, referees now. They did a great job on the weekend. I think they refereed, the person that was refereeing was uh, refereeing the Harlequins, um, Harlequins Lester, no, Harlequins Sale match. Yeah, they did a great job. And I was just kind of think, look, if you're going to give them an assistant role, just give them the, give them the whole gig. But I suppose yes. Christoph Ridley might be turning around, who's another referee who, who has never refereed a Six Nations match. He's been assistant for a few years, so maybe you've just got to earn your stripes. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Guess so. But I wonder. Well, it'd be great to f- actually see a female, you know, female referee being the big dog. Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be uh, be real good, mate. Your second story. Did you manage to find it? Yeah, found it. Um, huge blow for US rugby. Oh God! So. Uh, reportedly, the former MLR winners have gone bust. Oh, right. This is not Okay. Good. So it's the New York team. Yeah. Okay. The New York team are have gone bust, which, you know, like we were sort of saying earlier and last week, is a multi-millionaire or a billionaire going to front up and buy the team and do what's necessary for it to stay alive or is it just going to fall apart? It is a real worry, isn't it? Because 
you talk about expensive competitions to run, I would imagine the flights to get your players from one bit, one side of the country to another can't be cheap. Um, you know, it can't be, it can't be a very no, cost effective, you know, competition to run, especially when you're not paying your players too much. You don't have big crowds coming in. So yeah, it must be tough, but there's so many very wealthy people. You just need an Elon Musk. You know, he is a rugby fan. He, um, he knew, he knew when the South Africans won the, the rugby world cup, he knew straight away, I mean, he could come in and he could buy a whole competition up and turn it around, you know, but that's what you need. Don't you need some big dog to come in and, and fund these, um, you know, Reza Dazzler made a good point. You don't buy a sports team to make money. Do you? Um, but no. you just need to be ultra wealthy to do that. And as I say, you know, these, these people who go to private schools, who take over family businesses, they've got some cash. So, you know, it's a, yeah, but it's a funny thing that, that not enough of them are willing to part with their money. I agree. So I just think, it, you know, and MLR is, is very, very new. And is it sort of going to be something that is new a couple of years and then failed and a dies. bit? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's, um, it's not great, is it? You know, you've got teams pulling out in America. You've got you know, I think three teams now pulling out in in, uh, in England. Um, you, you know, no one's lying to say that um, Australia's uh, better roses and New Zealand's, you know, having its troubles as well. The only place that seems to be going from strength to strength is France and and probably Japan. Yeah. And that comes down to money, comes down Correct. to they've, they've got very wealthy owners. They've got businesses behind them. But, um, yeah, not great. I, I genuinely think, right, I genuinely think, unless there is a new competition that starts quite soon in the next sort of three or four years, that is a bit of a hybrid of sevens and fifteens, is a real spectacle where you get crowds coming in and, and uh, you know making it kind of like a you know a bit like T twenty or the hundred. I just think rugby is, you know, it's not financially viable now. Um, how is it? Gonna, how is it going to get better if things don't change? And I just think someone needs to come in and create something like an IPL to save the sport. It'll well, always be a sport. But yeah, but that's what know, they've kind not, of done, I guess, with the sevens, haven't they? They've they've shortened it, they've condensed it, um, and they're trying to make it like you say the hundred or the IPL or competitions like that yeah but i'm i'm talking more about across the world you know that's a very small part of your you know this that's just a few teams from around the world that's not going to be enough to generate enough income for rugby as a whole whereas if you had all of your clubs around the world playing a format that was entertaining and um hard you know a bit like when you know like cricket okay so cricket's got test match cricket and it's got one day cricket and it's got t20 cricket cricket and all of them coexist yes and all of them uh do relatively well apart from test cricket but test cricket is what the kind of purest and the players want to want to play 
you know? So you still have a small margin, small element of teams playing that. You know, you don't play test cricket for club. You don't play five-day competitions if you're the Canterbury team or the... They do, though. You know, the they Yorkshire play four-day well, cricket, don't they? But only in this country. No, and in New Zealand. Do they really play four-day so. cricket? Oh, yeah, they play four-day cricket. I bet you no one goes to watch that. <laughs> no, no. What absolute dross that would be. <laughs> you know, part of the joy of test cricket is it's the best players in the world playing, not some village idiot <laughs> wielding the willow. I mean, they're not oh, even good enough right. to last four days. No. But anyway, yeah, it just needs something else, mate. It needs something else to that, that can coexist with sevens and the 15s that gets people really whipped up about the sport. And you can just go and see your team play rather than that. It's the only problem with sevens is you go to what it's, it's a spectacle of rugby and yeah. you go and watch all the teams play. Um, but what we want is we want to, we want a sport that you want to go and watch your team play. And maybe you, maybe it's slightly trimmed down time wise, all of those things, but it's pretty much rugby. And maybe you have the women's and the men's back to back. So you make a day of it still. Right. Your next, your next story, eh? Mate, my next one is Bowden Barrett. Do you know this, that Bowden Barrett has re-signed with yes. the NZR? And this is a massive thing. Um, who saw this coming? Me. That he was going to re-sign? No, I didn't. I did see it. I saw it the whole time. You did see it? Yeah. You saw it the whole time? Saw it you on the news. You thought he was going to re- <laughs> I mean, I had heard rumours. I heard rumours that he would he was thinking about re-signing, but actually to do it was is amazing. My question to you is: He's thirty two at the moment. Can he be a Johnny Sexton and make the next World Cup? Ooh, who else is there? Well, Harry there Plummer, <laughs> D Mac. Is D Mac that could play yeah. at ten? I'm guessing he's going to want to play at ten. Well, I'm I'm guessing so. Because you know that. Think about it. You go. You go Bowden Barrett at 10, okay? You go uh, D-Mac at 15, and you go Will Jordan on the wing. Yeah, Richie McCaw. Is... Uh, Richie McCaw, yeah, Richie McCaw at 7, Richie Moinger <laughs> at 9. There you go. There's your team. But, you know, um, that's exciting, though, isn't it? Yes. Because, I mean, I think I'm not a massive fan of Bowden Barrett, but I think at 10 – Running the cutter, you could do that till you're 36. Um, the big question is, does Razor want that? But I'm guessing he does. Yeah, I did see some stats, actually, and I'm going to try and find them. Um, about Bowden Barrett. Um, but I don't necessarily know where it is. Oh, here we go. Yep. So Bowden Barrett could break over the next four years. So the records that he could break over the next four years. So most tries for the All Blacks. What's the record for the most tries for the All Blacks? <clears throat> I reckon it's like 47. You're very close. It's 49. Who oh, has is that it? Julian Savia? Julian Savia? No, Julian Savia has 46 alongside two right, others, yeah. which are? Um, oh, Dougie Howlett then, 49, just before yes. I forget. 
Dougie Hill at 49. Okay. God, that's tough, eh? You'd want to make 50, wouldn't you? You'd I know. Want to make 50. He went on play for ages for Munster as well. What was he doing? He, he should got yeah. one more. Silly boy. Um, Christian Cullen. Yep. Is he, uh, he 46 as well? Yep. Oh, and then I'm starting to think, well, I think Jonah might have struggled to make 46 with all his illnesses, no, but I'm going to say Jonah. No, not Jonah, but it sounds similar. Oh, Jonah. Sounds similar. Mm. Go on, just tell me. I'm not Joe sure. Rockathoko. Oh, Joe Rockathoko. He was a hell of a player, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? And then Jeff Wilson's so on 44. So how many do you think Bowden Barrett's got? 36. 43. Bloody hell, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. So he... I'd re-sign too, just to break that record. Yeah, so he he will, you know, he's only got seven more tries to actually break the record. That's great, isn't it? So he, he's really going to do that, I would think. If he gets picked, he'll do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he'll definitely, especially, you know, if you play... Only problem is, you know, like the rugby championship's not easy anymore, is it? You know, so you don't have the... It's not like you go across and you turn up against Argentina and wipe the floor with them. It's always a tough match. Yeah. Um, there's no real easy games anymore until the World Cup. So it's not like he's going to score a hat-trick here and a hat-trick there and get there quickly. It will take some time, that's for sure. Wow, that's brilliant, brilliant. Good on him. Because, and um, then most caps. Who's got the most caps? Uh, now, who's got the most caps it was Richie, um, but wasn't he overtaken by Sam Whitelock? You are correct. So he yeah. he got over the 150. Didn't he get 151? 153, Sam's on. 153, yeah. And what's Bodie on? Well, have a guess. 110. 123. Jeez, that's loads as well, isn't it? Yeah. Blammin' heck. But I don't think he'll get that 153. You know, that's 30 more, 31 more games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Oh, that's, maybe. That's a, they don't play. Maybe. If he went to the next World Cup, he would ten a year. really get there. Do they play 10 games yeah. a year? I think they'd play 10 easy, wouldn't they? The, the yeah. tour, you got the you got the rugby championship, got home and away, don't you? Plus uh, plus the Bledders lows. Plus like a, um, you know, a kind of, a season starter against like France or Wales or, or England series there. Plus then you'll have your end of season tour. I reckon they'll, they're going like 16 games in a season. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So um, just, just to finish, just to finish though. Um, so if people that have Spotify and we're on Spotify, but you would have got like a notification saying like how many times you listen to a song or what genre you enjoy and things like that. And they did a rugby yeah. one okay. for like the All Blacks. And it was like, you spent 80 minutes this year watching Scott Barrett repeatedly shushing Nick White. <laughs> and then here we go. You listened to 2,842 2, hours of Northern Hemisphere pundits banging on about how the All Blacks wouldn't make it past the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's what that we picture of well. Rico Ioane going like this with his ear, hand in ear. Yeah. You watch Mark Talia beat 4,900-and-something <laughs> defenders this year. <laughs> Love my that top, one as well. My, my top artist, <laughs> TMO, 
minutes listen, far too many. <laughs> that is good. I like that. Very, very good, mate. Oh, this is all good stuff, isn't it? I mean, Bowden Barrett sticking around, it's got to be a good thing. Definitely just to bring through that next uh, crop of players as well. Good for good for um, Auckland as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope he does, you know, because you know what? He's putting he's putting glory for the All Blacks over money. 100%. Now, yeah. that might be easy for him to do because he's already got a load of money, but... um. I think it's great if he if he if he's driven by the tries if he's driven by test matches, uh, he's obviously quite a way off points scoring because he's kicking has let him down over the years. <laughs> That's you know with with Geordie playing at twelve, I think you know the the need for Bodie to to kick is just diminished now and actually it yeah. cuts out that big issue with his kicking, doesn't it? But also Once if you've got Damien McKenzie playing. He can kick. He can kick too, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I really feel for him because, like, I would imagine he would have sorted that by now. Yeah. It's it's the one part of his game that's hung over him, hasn't he? Because imagine imagine how how, um, integral he would be to the All Blacks if he was a really good kicker. Yeah. You, You wouldn't be quick. You'd be saying the world's best player, wouldn't you? Every year if he was a great kicker. Yes. Because he's got everything else. But he just can't kick. Just He just can't kick <laughs> to save himself. No, not at all. Uh, okay, so I, we've already talked about a couple of things, but what caught your eye over the weekend? Nothing. Nothing. So I've mentioned here the sevens, the boys yep. and girls oh, yeah, masterclass. Seven, sorry. Yeah. And just how athletic they all are. Oh, my you know, God, these they're athletes, they aren't are, they? They are unbelievable athletes. Yeah. So fast, they so must strong, be some so of the sk- fittest athletes. Like, okay, let's talk about athletes. Who are some of the fittest athletes? They've got to be there. You know, you've got. You could say triathlon people are fit, but then, yeah. you know, they're not necessarily built for rugby. But neither is a, a rugby player is not built for triathlon. But then. You know, NFL, they're not very fit. They're powerful and fast, yeah. but potentially not that fit. Um, NRL, AFL, they're fit. <laughs> they're fit. <laughs> Physically. Um, you know. Mate, I reckon they must be up there with the fitness de- demands of the triathletes. That'd be interesting, the, wouldn't the, it? Di- the different thing is, though, is they are doing sprints, you know, right, you know, all the time they're in that in that um, anaerobic threshold yeah. area all game, and then they've got to rest and then back it up and then yeah. back it up and back yeah. it up. And that, that's probably the big difference, you know. A triathlete probably doesn't train the day after a triathlon, you know, no. because, they, because their, their body is knackered. Uh, whereas these rugby, these sevens players, you know, they've they've pushed their body to the limits, day one, yeah, and then boom, they come back for a second day of it. I but mean, also, it's, brutal. it's like physical, you know, like they're getting hit hard, they're hitting they are, yeah. hard, yeah, yeah, very impressive, that's for sure, mate. My other one was some of the scores from the weekend. You're talking about Harlequin's sale. Okay, I watched this game. Oh, Harlequins tore them to pieces, didn't they? 
36-3. The yeah. sale are top of the competition and they got they got you know ripped a new one, right? And then you've got Bristol Bears who haven't won a game, I don't think, five five losses in a row, I think. And they go on and beat Gloucester, 51-26. Bath, smashing Exeter Chiefs, 41-24. Yeah, Saracens wow. losing to Northampton. Oh, you love to home. hear it, don't you? You love to well, hear Owen it. Well, Owen Farrell wasn't playing. So, you oh, know. because he makes good he huge difference. He does, mate. He does. He does. Yeah, I know, because he's, he's a world-class player. He is a world-class player. I'm glad you finally come around to it. Um, and then, <laughs> um, and then you know, the, who cares about the uh, United Rugby Championship? But I would say there are a couple of interesting ones. You know, the Bulls against the Sharks, two South African teams, 44-10 to the Bulls. It's pretty a, a, a thumping. And you look at um, Leinster, who just beat Connick. Now, Connick was the club that Pat Lamb used to coach and took from nothing to a very successful winning side in this competition. Yeah. And now he's gone to Bristol and, you know, hasn't managed to convert them. Well, actually, no, that, that's not true because he was, wasn't he like the, the highest paid coach? And he was really good the first couple of seasons, but now he's sort of dropped off a, off a cliff, hasn't he? Well, I imagine, I'm hoping he's going to make a comeback because I, I think he's a decent coach. I think he's a yeah, decent coach. Yeah, I do coach. too. Is he know, international um, coach worthy? You know what? You would have said he was up until the last two years. Yeah. And uh, it does seem like people worked out the way that he plays and worked out how to beat him. Yeah, he hasn't uh, sort of true come international, up with new ideas. Yeah, an international coach is more astute to come up with new game plans. Here's a good question, and I'm going to give you my question early so I don't have to give it to you later. (laughs) Is an international coach's job harder or easier than the club rugby? So super rugby, uh, premiership, um, top 14, United Rugby, uh, Arab Emirates competition... I would say that an international coach has less impact on whether the team wins week to week. But more pressure. Um, More pressure. Way, way more pressure. You know, way more pressure. Under Um, pressure. And everyone, everyone thinks they could do a better job. Yes, always. Everyone thinks they could do a better job. Whereas club... You know, if you're a good coach, you can develop your team. And, you know, like Steve Borthwick is a good coach. He took Leinster from nothing to championship winners in three seasons. Yeah. And he did that through selection of players, uh, good coaching, getting in the right assistance, putting things in place. I kind of think with the, you know, the international game, you do not have access to your players. I think it's more important the strategic side of things internationally and having the ability to pick players who will play a certain style of rugby or change your style of rugby to suit the players you've got. So if we're sort of going off Steve Borthwick's, you know, you think about Scott Robinson, 
has done really well with the Crusaders because yes. he's been yeah, able I to mould yeah. the players, yes. mould the team, yeah. bring people in player-wise and coach-wise. Is he going to fall on his face with the All Blacks? You, you know, could very, potentially he, say yes, couldn't you? Yes, because I I take every point you've just made. Yeah, you know, he's done really well with the Crusaders, but he's done really well because he's changed the environment. Yep. that they've that they've trained in. Now he could do that with the All Blacks. He could change the environment there, and I think po- possibly that's what does need to change. So he might be the perfect coach. And for maybe that that's role. all it takes, because like you say, you know, we've got the player base. He's now got the coaches around him. Is it well, literally that, just that's sort my of that question? Though I'm not sure he does. My big question mark again with Razor is, I think he needs a Joe Smith. If he had Joe Smith, I reckon without question, the All Blacks would go from strength to strength. Because I saw under Joe Smith, the defence go through the roof, the attention to detail go through the roof. James, um, Jason Ryan, we saw that the line out was much more effective. The scrum yeah. was more effective. The defensive line out was just unbelievable under him. So my question mark is, I'm not sure he, he's got Jason Ryan tick. Um, I think he's got, um, oh God, absolute legend coach, the uh, Wayne Smith. I think he's got Wayne Smith as like um, on top of him. Like a director. Um, director like a director. Tick. Does he have Has Wayne he Smith? Got, I believe he's got Wayne Smith that he can, that who's going to be overseeing all of the coaching of the international teams. Wow. Okay? Uh, of New Zealand international teams. So that's a massive tick. But does he have someone that's going to come up with a, really like new attacking structure, which we kind of lost a little bit over the last few years and started to gain back with, with um, Smith, you know, or is he going to put that on in. his shoulders? Is, is he going to be the attack coach? No, he, he said that he's a, he's a great environment man. Okay. Um, and his role is to get the right people in to do their jobs properly. He's a proper manager, right? Sets the tone, make sure that, players are happy and feel supported and get what they need to be the best version of themselves. Okay. Good strap line that, eh? Good strap line. That is a um, really good strap line. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there you go. Uh, he could – I don't think he will. I think the players will want to play for him. They'll like – I just think that question mark is over over some of the coaches. Yeah. Which uh, might be interesting. But, uh, you know, having just, like Bowden Barrett round, yeah. it, it, it'll, it'll stop the need for some of that coaching because he'll run the cutter nicely in that in that role. He'll yeah, the thing I guess with Scott Robinson that he'll he'll just create such a positive atmosphere. Yes. You know, yeah, that players definitely. will want to be drawn to then play for him. Yeah, I just hope he doesn't play his mates. Yes. A bit like I do Borthwick. worry. I do worry about that. That's one thing, you know, if it becomes very crusader orientated, then you'll very quickly get a lot of the country not kind of happy if he's just picking the crusader boys all the time so again, it'll be interesting he's, he's not necessarily really the one picking them is he that's what the select yeah i think for. i think he has a i think he has a big say though well, i'm sure he does yeah definitely yeah, but yeah. they'll be hopefully sort of hot on his heels as well yeah i think you know and also you look around the team and you say well there's plenty of established players who aren't crusaders 
at the moment. Yeah, true. And they're not they're not going to go anywhere, are they? No. Um, mate, question from our listener, listeners' questions. Is Jason Styles happy holidays and happy new year? Thank you for putting on a fun and exciting podcast. What is your favorite moments of 2023? Uh, for 2024, what would you be looking for from New Zealand and the rest of the world? So should we do that? What's your favorite moment from 2023? Oh, I think it, for me, I think it was the Irish game. Just relief. Yeah, for me, it was just relief. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Didn't expect to win that one. No, not at all. But it was just relief and it was just like, oh, thank God for that. Yeah, I, I thought we're not as bad as I feared. Yes. And I started to get a bit of hope then, you know, a little yeah. bit of hope that we could actually do it. And In we fact, got I think very I close. got a bit of hope. I think I got a bit of hope when I watched the French game and I thought we started that game really well. And I was like, wow, I think we can think we can win this. And then we ended up losing it. But I, I didn't feel like we were we were outplayed on that game. Yeah. I agree. I thought we sort of oh, I thought we let ourselves down. That's what let them win. I agree. You know, it wasn't because that, yeah. they were necessary I mean, they were better than us, you know. Let's not get our words mixed up, but they weren't necessarily better than us, if that makes sense. Yes, I don't think they out shone us i think they ended up outplaying us yeah they were just more clinical you know we weren't we had we had bigger better moments than them but when push come to shove they just kept ticking the scoreboard over and took the game away from us a little yeah. bit at the end yeah so i think best um, moment was like the world cup i think i think the world cup was great wasn't it yeah it was a great you know advert for rugby um fantastic uh what are you expecting from the rest of the world and New Zealand going into 2024? From New Zealand, I just want more consistency. Yes, less up and down. Yeah, you know, like instead of winning or losing, you know, one or two or two games back to back, it's sort of losing a close game in a good game, but not losing back to back. That's just what I'm after. Do you know what I really want to see over the next four years? I want to see no more records broken in the negative way. So I don't want you Ooh, know be Japan hard, to beat us. You know, Oof. like if Jan- Japan beat us for the first time, or if you know um, a Wales tip- tipped us over, or a Fiji. You know, I just not interested in any of that. Nah. <laughs> no, not interested. That was a fuzzy thing. He set all records. I don't want us to lose it, you know, at um, Eden Park. You know, there are there are some real there are some real hurdles that are going to be around the corner. Yeah, um, I just don't want to go down that road. So that would be great. Um, my question to you is: If you were Razor Robinson, who would be your new captain? Because we have seen that uh, Adi Sevilla is going off sabbatical um sam kane's off sabbatical richie mwang is gone uh aaron smith's gone so who are you going to make captain of the all blacks going forward gosh that's tough isn't it bloody good question that isn't it it's a very good question um scott barrett 
It's a good shout there, actually. It's a good shout. He has captain the Crusaders, isn't he? So yeah. he's got a bit of... He's got a bit under his go, belt. Do you go Bowden Barrett? Well, Bowden Barrett, he's not... He's out He's out of and about, isn't he? Isn't he in Japan? Bowden Barrett? No, he's, he's re-signed for New Zealand. We've just done a whole segment on it. Yeah, no, but he's currently... He's doing a sabbatical. He's in... Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. I thought oh, he'd yeah. re-signed and he was ready for the Blues. Nah, nah, nah. He's playing in Japan in Aaron Smith's team. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought there was... Um, oh, okay. I didn't know that. No, it's Shannon Frizzell and Sam Kane in the same team. Shannon Frizzell oh, no. and Sam Kane. No, Shannon Frizzell's in a team, but Sam Kane is with Cheslin Colby. Cheslin Colby, that's the one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, okay. So I think Scott Barrett's a great shout. Yeah. Great shout. And I couldn't think of a better play. My only yeah, thing who, is he does get penalised a bit. Oh, he, he's <laughs> the most carded all black ever. He <laughs> <laughs> might have to sort that out, eh? He might have to sort that out. Uh, mate, I'm going to finish off the show with um, not a quiz, but uh, I, I, a bit like last week, we, we had um, – we had a bit about the salary talk. So I did a bit of yep. research and I found out different levels of New Zealand rugby, how much people get paid. Okay. So um, are we going to start with how much do you think an All Black gets paid per week when he's in camp with the All Blacks? Now, this is um, not just, it's not just if he's playing, it's, it's, it doesn't matter if he plays or not, how much does every all Black get paid per week in New Zealand dollars um, for in camp. Being, being in camp. Okay, uh, like $7,000 a week. Bloody hell, that was $7,500. Oh, that was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, you've done real well. Wow. <laughs> now, that, that makes 38000 um, $38, for the season of the All Blacks, okay? Okay. Now, put in that perspective, if you play for England, you get paid about £30,000 a game. Wow, yeah. I did know that. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, they yeah. are the best paid best paid in, in, the, in, the, um, in the world when it comes to uh, you know, representing your country. Okay, yeah. so uh, on average, the average salary of a New Zealand player. Okay, so this is, um, we're talking about how much a New Zealand contracted pl- payer will get paid. These are like the super rugby players, how much they get paid. There is a lower bound and an upper bound, okay? So how much do the lower bound pa- players get paid, do you think, in New Zealand dollars? The lower band players will be, they'll get about, $60,000. Do you know what? I'm going to... You're a bit off, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. $75,000. Okay, that's more okay. than I thought. All right. So how much about the higher band players? Ooh, 130 I'm not going to give you that one. Oh. Uh, one... One nine five. So nearly oh, two. I was way off. You were way off. And... You can, uh, so if you're not in any of the squads, but you're in a draft squad of players for injuries, yeah, you get 50,000. 
Wow. Okay, so that's not too bad if you're one of those players that have... Well, that's all right for doing nothing. Absolutely. Now, the last one we're going to cover is um, the... Not the Super... Oh, so Super League. I'll just mention this. Yeah, before I um before you say that, isn't it funny though how the upper band players are getting near well, let's say two hundred thousand dollars, which is yes. about a hundred thousand pounds. Yes. You know, and then the 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 best paid players in each team are around sort of eight hundred thousand pounds, which is well over a million and a half New Zealand dollars. Yeah. I mean, they do. They do say that a top All Black will be getting paid around about nine hundred thousand dollars. A top, top, yeah, dollars. Yeah, which um, is you know, which is five hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Why would you stay? I know, you, but you stay for money. the glory, mate. Exactly. You stay, stay for the for glory. The badge. The honour. Okay, let's look at the Mitre 10. Last one we're going to do, okay? So if you're a Mitre 10 player, uh, what are the upper and lower bounds to be a Mitre 10 player? Um, The lower will be like $25,000. Do you know what? I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. $18,000. Wow. All right, and what about that? That's the really not a lot. No, but it is minor ten. True. So you know you're not you're not a professional player really at that level. No, but you're you're on the way. You are on the way, and if yeah. you make your Super Rugby, then you can add that to it. You know, so you potentially, True. if you went on both lower bounds, you're looking at around about you know a hundred thousand yeah. New Zealand dollars or to be on the lower bounds. True. And they'll probably get what accommodation about, and stuff with that. Yeah, you'd imagine something like that. Uh, what about the upper bands? Upper band, you'll be 45, 50. Yeah, I'm going to give you that, 55,000. Oh, yeah, I said 50. Dude, 45, 50. Yeah, eventually. I was close. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You know, as you say, why would you stay when you can earn so much more overseas? But you know what? Uh, if you're getting kind of like, if you feel you're well paid enough, you got your family, you know, you want to be an all black, don't you? Everyone, yeah. everyone in New Zealand grows up wanting to be an all black. Exactly. It's the jersey uh, if, you're going for. And if you become an all black, you're on good money. Yes. Aren't you? But you're it's hard to get there. It's hard to get there. But I, I bet you if you're not an all black, you're not worth that much overseas. No. True. You know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be earning, you know, um, salary, you know, not salary capped players. No, that's what true. What do they call those? Um, you know, God, I can't, can't even remember what the name of it is. But um, you know, marquee. You're not. You're not going to yeah. be a marquee player if you're not an All Black or haven't been an All Black relatively recently. Yeah, true. So you know, you are going to be then playing a bit like a few of them that you see in in New, uh, over here, and they, they'll get paid okay money, but nothing amazing. Mate, it's time for the end of the show. So, um, as always, um, what can people do to support us? Like, share, subscribe, um, email, message. Um, 
yeah, get in contact via social media. I'm I've got Facebook and the Instagram. So I am I'm going to do some Twitter, some Twitter action. You're going to do some some Twitter action. Yes, yeah, so Twitter, Twitter action. action. <laughs> yep. Is that good? Very uh, good, mate. Especially so it from is the Super Rugby Podcast uh, on Instagram. So please follow us. Um, communicate on there. I'll try and get good at it, but I oh God, I'm really not a whiz with technology, but I'll do my best. Patreon, yeah, link yeah. below. Five-star review. Absolutely. Mate, as always, it's been a pleasure doing the potty with you. Until next time. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.